welcome to the Laurent Collective Podcast, where we go deeper than just surface talk. Each week, we'll explore everything from family, business, creativity, culture, and faith. To make sure not to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe and hop on to Instagram at Laurent Collective to chat with us about this episode. Hello. Hello, hello. We are back. We always say that. We're back and we're here for you if If it's your first time. Yes. And I, um, we are the Lorraine Collective. We are Maya and Pat. Hello, hello. Or you are Pat and Maya. (laughs) Sure. And I'm, if you're watching on YouTube, I am sporting one of our Lorraine Collective um, sweatshirts. It's the mama one. We have them in different colors and stuff like that. But I have to say, like, it is super comfy in the inside. Very, very cozy, Mm. so... But why would you wear a mama shirt on our podcast? Well, because we're talking about parenting today. Okay. That would be why. Interesting. So that is why I'm wearing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have, we're just in a community. We have lots of friends right now that are having their first child. And one of them the other day said, um, hey, on your podcast, could you do the five things that you wish you knew when you were new parents? And she literally said it exactly like that. I have a podcast idea for you. She keeps saying that. <laughs> this one particular friend (laughs) and i was like okay so that's exactly what we're going to talk about the five things we wish we knew when we were new parents before we jump into it a while ago it was a while ago so zane is 16 yeah a lot of things don't change though i'll be real some things change but most of them don't um oh sorry cuckoo clock going off if you can hear it in the background Mm. but all that to say even though that was 16 years ago that we became new parents um I want to say before we go into this, because one of the things we're going to tell you about is that it's hard listening to everyone else's advice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and here we are doing it. Yeah. But the reason we're doing it is because there are some things we think might be helpful, but they were helpful for us. And so that is the caveat of going into these five things is that you are going to try things that work for you in your child, in your family, in your situation, and they're going to work. But then other things aren't going to work. But I think the biggest thing is, is a lot of times you have to give things a go. Yes. Like you have to try things for yourself in order to know if they're going to work. Like you can't just, yeah, I don't know. You just can't just write it off. You can't write it off and say, oh, that's never going to work or whatever. Like don't be afraid to give certain things a try to see if they help or Mm -hmm. if they work or if they make their, make your life easier make your child's life easier whatever it is like you just give certain things a go um but also don't hold those things very light or very heavy in the sense that like oh my gosh we tried this something's wrong with my child like whatever like that i think again you know the more you try different things the more you figure out what works best for your kid mm-hmm. so and when we're saying new parents, we're meaning like this is like your newborn stage is what we're talking mm-hmm. about here right now. And there are so many different stages to come, but this is <clears> when you're in the newborn stage. So the first thing that um, I think that we learned and that is true is that you really can function on little sleep in a season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not for long, not for long. But if the thing that you are looking at is you're like, oh my gosh, 
how am I going to do this? Because it's just a fact of it, of newborns, you're going to have little sleep for a season, Mm -hmm. um, is that you can function in it. Mm -hmm. Somehow. You can make it work. Somehow. Mm -hmm. um, There are ways to do things to share the responsibilities as a couple that may be more difficult once one goes back to work um, for certain hours and stuff, but there are still plenty you can share. But know that like your body will somehow at the beginning adjust now is it still hard 100 percent like it is still hard but if you that, that is the thing that you're joining i am speaking of this from somebody that needs eight to nine hours of sleep i think when our kids were newborns i probably needed probably like 10 um, as my body was recovering and everything like that but somehow like you i guess it, it's function is maybe not the right word maybe we should change that is mm-hmm. it is more you're you can do it mm-hmm. and you have to just keep thinking it's just for a season yeah. um and i think the thing that tags along with that is um realizing maybe some of the normal things that you're used to getting done in a day and stuff like that which we'll talk about shortly it's okay not to do those things like that's all right mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah i think certain things you just have to be realistic about um mm-hmm. but the idea of getting less sleep than you did before um you definitely uh, survive is the wrong word too to use but you can you can you can you can get things done you can do certain things and in some ways i don't know i hate to say it but you get used to it <laughs> well you do and you don't yeah. i never did so but I, th- I think going in as a new parent what i wish i had known because that was like my big my personal biggest fear was well mm. there were several things but one of them was the whole sleep thing mm. was that it doesn't have to be for horribly long um and that that somehow somehow your body kind of adjusts your body does it almost is like now that's why i said it can't be a horribly long time because your body almost has this adrenaline that it pumps out that helps you get through that Mm -hmm. now what i will say of like like you you are going to sleep less it's going to be hard and that kind of thing would be that whenever you can try to sleep and that's hard because i could not sleep during the day i'm not a natural napper anyways and so that was not something the whole sleep when your baby sleeps thing, like especially during the day for me, that did not work for me. And so again, here is something that like, that's not a phrase I'm gonna tell you because it didn't work for me, but it might work for you. Um, but knowing that like, it, at least for the first month, maybe for the first eight weeks or whatever, somehow our bodies adjust a little bit. And then the first time your child sleeps for like four to five hours straight, you will feel like you've had 17 hours of sleep. Yeah. It is the weirdest thing, and I don't understand it, but it is glorious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when that first time happens, that you're like, oh, wow, I feel rested right now. And the sleep um, thing, again, is only for a season. It is for only for a season. Yeah. Um, I think that would be our number two thing. So the first thing is that the sleep is going to be bad, but you can get through it. That mm-hmm. is the first thing. As like, I wish somebody had said, you'll get through it, because instead it was just always... It how dreadful just, it, yeah, was, it was really. as people were telling us and that we're not telling you it's easy or anything like that but you can get through it mm-hmm. the second thing would be in order to get through it and this is going to be controversial but again <laughs> we're saying what worked for our family mm-hmm. is putting yourself and your baby on a schedule mm-hmm. um we are starting to realize this might be a cultural thing too um and so in the states typically depending on what the situation is and stuff if the mom works that she has a very if she has any maternity leave at all she has a very short maternity leave and so for instance when i was still working the corporate world and we had our first child i had six weeks off and that is all and i was back at work full time 
And so we realized very quickly that we needed to put our baby on a schedule in order for that to happen, mm -hmm. um, in order to hand him off to someone else who was caring for him, in order to know like, what does this look like for feeding before work, after work, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. at the time of his breastfeeding. Um, and so for us, that was really important. I think the other thing we learned is because we did the schedule thing, and this, and I'm not gonna get into all the technicalities of it, I will point you to a resource, but um, the whole idea behind the schedule that we used, and that, again, we tried some things and it didn't work, and then we came up That's with a true. schedule that worked for us. Mm -hmm. So, um, is that, the idea is that like, the baby sleeps, you wake them up, and that is their awake time. So that is, um, if I remember right, it was like, it was awake, feed, wake them up after feeding, which usually meant like Keep we changed their nappy or diaper and stuff, um, and then play with them and then put them down. Um, and then that was like a rotation like that until you got to nighttime. And then that may have looked a little bit different that like um, feeding might be right before bed or that kind of thing. I can't remember how we did that. Mm -hmm. um, but then they were down, there was no plane, like if that makes any sense. Like it was like feed, maybe give a bath and ride into bed or read a book or whatever. I mean, that sounds crazy reading a book to a newborn, but we still did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then put them into bed so that they understand this is the difference between like daytime and nighttime. Um, and then and then the feedings and stuff were like, I think all of our kids, each of our, a couple of our kids had some medical things that at first the feedings had to be closer together, but they, at first it was like every three hours. And then when they hit a certain point, it's three and a half to four. And like you start stretching things. Mm -hmm. And what it meant is that our kids started sleeping through the night at a certain time in general this does not mean it was every single <laughs> was night perfect. like i yeah. i do i can't stand when people are like oh and then by four weeks they were sleeping 11 hours a night or whatever I, there's no way that happened every single night no. maybe there's once in a blue moon maybe that happens for a family but um the schedule also made it so that you felt more part of things a part of things um because i could i could take over the schedule Right, like I could allow Maya for I would leave certain amount of time <laughs> that she could go. She could, you know, she could do some things. She could, whatever. I, you know, I as long as you know because there was a schedule, I knew how things in the routine was, and so um, you know whether that was feeding or how bedtime went or whatever. How we created those routines with our kids um, was super helpful because it, again, it allowed me into the process. Well, it allowed you to, like Pat would take when we were <clears> still like a later night feeding time, I would go to bed earlier and I, again, this is when I was breastfeeding, um, Zane ended up having formula at some point, um, but like I would pump and then he would give that, give them a bottle late at night and be mm -hmm. like the bedtime person so he would have extra time with them. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the case. It also was super helpful for the two of us to go do something. Mm -hmm. And so whether it was a grandparent watching or a close friend or something like that, we could literally say they should be hungry around this time. This is when they typically mm -hmm. eat. They take a, typically will go back to sleep at this time. Um, and in between we'll play now when you give your baby to somebody else if they're watching them and you're going out and especially if it's a grandparent and they're like okay but then they let the baby sleep the whole time on them that's fine it's not a big deal yeah. i think <laughs> like, it just i think it just helps. be thankful that they're helping you go have some time yeah. without your child i think it's just helpful for like confidence to for yourself actually to to allow somebody else to watch your child um especially as being a new parent because you just you're just learning everything at such a fast rate um, that, you know, if you have something that's set in place, a routine that's set in place that you can pass some, pass it off to someone, I think it just gives you a little bit more confidence. And 
um, reassurance that you can go away and mm-hmm. like do you know something together or yeah. whatever it is that you it, yeah it just allows and it allows that other person a lot more confidence in knowing what to do if you know oh okay the baby's crying right now well that makes sense because right now it says I need to feed or that they need their nap or whatever it is like it's it's just helpful, I think. And we did this in the day and time where th- when mm. Zane was born, and even by the time Veda was born, I think there were some apps, but like now there's like all these apps you can track, like feeding time, sleep time, all these different things. And I think that's great. That actually probably would have been very helpful yeah. for us. Um, but if, if that's adding extra stress, don't mess with those things. And like you can figure it out on your own. Like you don't have to have an app to do it or pay for an app to do it if you're paying for something. Um, so the resource we used is called BabyWise. I did not follow that 100%. Again, this is where like you can take something and you can you know have it and like and then make it work for you. And so there's lots of stuff in there that we didn't do or I didn't agree with, but we did do the schedule part of it. And what I liked about it, and I, I know I used literally an up version of it that had cassette tapes with you. If it tells you anything that a friend handed to me. Now I think there's an updated version of it. And the reason why I like it is when it got confusing to us was like, okay, well now they're this age, should their nap be longer or shorter? Should we be stretching out their feeding times? Because obviously as they get older, they don't need to eat through every three hours and stuff like that. And so um, that was super helpful. Then I literally was like, right, we're on four to five months now. What does this look like? That kind of thing. And that was super helpful for us to then get on that. Mm-hmm. All of this to be said, at first, the schedule part is it's hard work. Everything's hard work at first. Um, it's hard work, but for us, it was well worth it. Now, I know there are people who are going to completely disagree with us on this, and that's okay. I know there's a lot of people that are very much about like the on-demand feeding or that let the baby create the schedule and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Again, this is why we said at the beginning, this is what worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had our second two, we had our own businesses, and so maternity leave wasn't really a thing. Um, I, we did intentionally take some time off. I took some time off and stuff. But then mm-hmm. again, it was super important for me when I was going out photographing and stuff like that, that like Pat knew this is their general schedule. I, you know, again, or if we were having somebody else like watch mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, it was it was really, really helpful. Yeah. And so use that resource. Um, we're not experts in that. There are that a thing that I liked Aspects about Aspects of it just worked yeah. for us. There are things that I liked about that book too that um, we used it for all three. I had that copy and I always went back to it and refreshed and went back and looked at it. Um, the thing that was helpful for us is in general then um, we did have some kids that had some health issues and it touches on that too. And so like there are accommodations obviously mm. made for different things um, and frequency of feeding and all that stuff. But I cannot say enough about about that. Again, you've got to try it out and see, but that was the resource we used. Yeah. And I know if, if you think differently, there's no hard feelings. <laughs> no, it's okay <laughs> to think differently. Just telling you what was helpful for yeah. us and, and caused less stress in an already stressful time. Yeah. Um, on top of that, since we mentioned people watching our kids, yeah. would be number three is it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, ask for help, especially if things are confusing. I, you know, I think about the, the idea that, you know, Maya, you know, we, we we come home with a baby from the hospital and we're just like, okay, like we're expected to know what to do now. Like, I mean, we did take some prenatal classes, but uh, yeah, still, we took classes doesn't prepare you. Maya read books and like all that kind of stuff, but it's still like, what? <laughs> like, okay, now like we're in charge of this little person now and we're expected to kind of know what to do. And I think 
that's really unrealistic, right? Like, um, it's okay to, to ask people that have done it before, your parents or whatever it is, or whatever, you know, group or community that you draw from, like, it's okay to ask for help in that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't feel like, you shouldn't feel uh, less of a parent because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or how to care for your child in the best way. Like, it's it takes, it takes a lot of experience um, to understand how to do a lot of this stuff. And that's more and on the advice part that I think you're talking about. I, w- I do want to put a caveat of like yeah. when you ask for help and advice, take it with a grain of salt oh, yeah. and try yeah. things. Yeah. Exactly. But also then there's the asking for help of like, I have no sleep, I need help, yeah. can you come over and yeah. be with my baby? Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. I would be, and sometimes you've just, sometimes people don't know how <clears throat> to help because we all receive those things in a different way. Mm. Um, so, you know, like where one one friend may be helpful that you make them a bunch of meals. Another friend, cooking might be their way that they like rest and stuff like that. And so what might be more helpful is you to come over and hold the baby or, to, you know, feed them or something while they cook because that actually is their time then to like refresh and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I know one of my friends, it was super important for her when she finally could for her body to like do yoga and stuff like that. And so one of our other friends would go over there for 30 minutes every day so she could go into another room and do that and not have to worry about like the baby and that kind of stuff mm. interrupting and that kind of thing. Um, and then it's asking for help of like, I, we we still need time by ourselves or that kind of, and, it, and asking for help in ways that you don't feel like your house has to look a certain way mm-hmm. or you don't feel like you have to have things put together if you will or that kind of stuff that you can just say hey look i need help can you come over and someone can just walk into your home and it's okay because especially if they've been a parent they've been there before <laughs> even if not if they're a good close friend and family member or something they're they're not going to judge you in that and i think that's the hardest thing as a mom at least mm. with that Um, And I think the whole thing with like what you were saying with like asking for help and advice and stuff like that, sometimes because, you know, we said you will be able to function, but you will be tired. And that does often mean that sometimes the things that seem like a natural, obvious answer to something don't come to us quickly. And so one example, well, two examples that are funny from us with Zane is like Pat was feeding him. And those night times, and then all of a sudden, like Zane wasn't taking it anymore, and it was really weird, and we couldn't figure it out and stuff. And I remember standing in front of our cupboard, having a phone call conversation with my mom, and I was like, "Look, he's not taking the bottle anymore." <laughs> my mom was like, "He's older now. He he drinks faster, doesn't he?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." And she was like, "Then change the nipple size of the bottle." And I was like, "Oh." Like we got stuff with our firstborn child that we didn't understand what it was used for. And so when people <laughs> bought us different sizes of nipples, like, like it goes like one, two, whatever, like newborn, yeah. I was like, oh, and as soon as we did that, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. But I could not reasonably come up with that because I was tired. Yeah. Um, another one would be Zane was colicky and it was pretty miserable for the first six months um, mm. until we figured out some solutions. But the only thing that quieted him down was the sound of water. <laughs> And so I, again, I cringe just thinking about this. I, our water bills must have been so expensive. I would literally sit in the bathroom and run the shower or the bathtub because it would make him, he'd like just lean in and listen for and it listen. and he would be quiet. And from the time of like five to like 11 PM, he was screaming. I mean, I kid you not when I say constantly. Um, and so that sound would make him quiet and I would just sit in the bathroom and sometimes like I would rest my head on the toilet paper holder and like start to fall asleep. 
And then again, I told a friend, she was like, what are you doing? You know, there's CDs that make noises like that, right? Of like rushing water, the sound of rain, all those things. I say CD. Wow, that really does show how old we are. Mm-hmm. Now you could go on Spotify and found it, yeah. find it. Um, but at that time, I was like, oh, that is such a good idea. And yeah. she's like, don't worry about it. I'll bring you something over. She brought a CD over and like we could set him in his crib and he was quiet during some, <laughs> not 100% of the time. But a large amount of time, we just funny. put the speaker right next to his crib, and he'd be quiet. Um, so again, sometimes that help of reaching out and saying, mm-hmm. "Am I? What am I doing here?" Like it, it sometimes is so obvious, and once someone says it, you're like, "Of course." Yeah, I think just accepting help too. Like that's a big one. Just yeah, being able to accept it, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We're not trying to win a badge here, and mm-hmm. when you're a new parent, that 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 has to go to the side yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, number four would be that everyone's child and baby is different, including your own, if you are going to have more kids. Mm, yeah. And this goes with a little bit that help thing while we're mm-hmm. saying um, ask for help. Sometimes it's hard because everyone, again, will have their own opinions, their own methods. Or <laughs> I think I remember your grandma telling us that all of her kids were potty trained by nine months. I think so. Maybe they were. I'm going to guess they probably weren't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. She was pretty efficient, so maybe. But all that to say that everyone's child is different. And so what works for one and what works for another probably isn't going to be the same. If you, we had Zane, then we had Jude and a lot of some of the things like Jude doesn't, now he loves the sound of water, but the sound of water wasn't the thing that worked for him for sleeping and stuff like that. And so they're going to be different things that work for them. The schedule for us worked with all three. It looked a little different because Zane was colicky. The schedule thing was so easy with Jude. (laughs) Was not like that with Zane. It was a lot of work and took a lot of work to get onto a schedule. With Jude, it was fairly easy. With Veda, she pushed back on some things actually. But it was fairly easy as well. Mm-hmm. With her, it was more like the she was difficult feeding and stuff like that. So there's going to be something different about each of them. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to figure out what works for your family, what works for the, your baby, that kind of thing um, is, is definitely, mm-hmm. wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think because I think it's easy to get caught up in the comparison thing and then realize, like, especially if, if you're going, if you're having a child at the same time as a friend or whatever and, you know, your friend is their child's doing this and that's not working for your child and you get kind of frustrated and confused and you maybe push too hard into that thing and because you're comparing comparing so much that then you know maybe there's just something else in that that works differently for your child than their child you know so i get it's just a reminder of that that um what works for your child is not going to necessarily work for others and what it's working for your friend's kid is it might not work for you so and it's not even what's working and that's okay it's also the milestones mm, i think there's yeah. so much pressure and it seems to still be the case in talking to friends of like by this age i should be doing this by this age i should be doing this da, 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 da. none of our kids followed that schedule yeah <laughs> whatever the, whoever came or up with even, the schedule even got you know hit their percentile yeah our stuff. kids were like, tiny babies uh, and so that was really hard and, and caused a lot of stress when like i mean veda wasn't even on the charts for a while yeah. But she was growing. She just wasn't on the percentile she was supposed to be and that kind of stuff. And she's fine. Um, But there was so much pressure put in that. And, And like each of our kids, like, you know, one kid did a milestone thing like walking way before any of our other kids. And the other one then was like way on the other end that we were starting to get a little worried. And we were having to look at experts and stuff like that of like, 
do we need help in this and that kind of thing or speech or or eating on their own or or crawling or you know one of ours never crawled they butt scooted the whole time like there's all these different things there's a great episode of bluey which i wish i knew if you don't know what bluey is please go watch it now regardless if you have kids if, or not. especially if you're a new parent yes just watch Bluey. and if you're any kind of parent it's great and it's wonderful for kids too but there's an episode of bluey where she they're talking about this of like another kid in a, in a child class was doing something and Frankly, there are going to be some parents that put that stuff out there like, look at my child, they're doing this thing. And I don't think they mean mean by that. I think they're just proud of their child, but it can be really hurtful if you're self-conscious about something that your baby and your child isn't doing yet, that it can feel mean and and hopefully that's not their intention. Yeah, or you feel like something's wrong. There are things to be concerned about at certain points, and that is when you can talk to somebody about that, like we said. Our one child wasn't crawling or wasn't walking yet. We were really concerned when we asked and did some more digging, and the and our pediatrician observed. They realized it was because well, I mean, frankly, we'll just be Veda. Veda walked very late, um, and they realized part of the reason was she had no reason to go to an object because all she had to do was point and make a noise, and her brothers would bring it to her. So it was an issue with her crawling, it was an issue with her standing, and it was an issue with her walking. And when the pediatrician had us like hold her up, like Veda could squat and sit in a squat forever, and she was like, she's perfectly fine. She just has to have an object she wants to go get. And we had to tell the boys, stop grabbing things mm-hmm. for her. And within a few months, she was she was walking. Yeah, she was so fine. sometimes, you know, but again, we did start to seek out that we we're like, okay, this does seem, so that's when you want to talk to a doctor and they will tell you some do this late, some do it, you know, that kind of thing. And there are other cues that may be something you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And so don't seek out Google. <laughs> don't seek out, I mean, other parents um, necessarily. You can, I mean, we did say help, but if it is something you're actually worried about, actually talk to a professional about yeah. it. And they, our pediatrician so many times said to us, it's not a big deal. They will do it eventually. No, and then when it was a concern, oh well, why don't we look at this a little bit more closely and like let's observe some things and see if maybe we do need a specialist mm-hmm. of some kind to help in that area, or if that's something we should look into more. Yeah. So that's where we mean like every child is different. Every child is going to do things different, and they will for sure do the milestones differently. And it is okay. Yep. The number five thing is that you don't need all the gadgets. <laughs> No. You won't have space for all the gadgets. As much as I want all the gadgets, I mean, you don't need the gadgets. And when we say gadgets, this comes from everything <clears throat> to the fanciest bottle you can think of to the fanciest buggy or stroller to or wipe um, warmer, wipe warmers um, to. And again, we're not coming across the judging of any no, of that stuff. But like you know, I guess in our experience, we didn't need any of that stuff. No. We ended up with a lot, or the or the the toy that they have to have. There's always that. Like our kids were spread out enough that like there was a new toy or thing you had to have. This was developmentally. They don't have this toy. They're not going to develop like well. Mm-hmm. Most of our stuff for all three kids was from Zane, and it lasted. You know, most of it for lasted, part, and it was yeah. perfectly fine, and they did fine. Um, <clears throat> but but especially if you do like in the states, this is a big thing that you register for baby stuff here in the UK. You'll often go and like to a store and they'll kind of like tour you around in many ways like oh you need this you need this and of course they're going to tell you you need it um but when it comes down to it we have to realize that forever babies have been born and brought into this world and raised without all that stuff (laughs) and so 
that is something to keep in mind. Like, what are the things, think about how, when you're choosing this stuff, how do you function as a family? Yeah. Like, for us, we didn't need some fancy stroller when we lived in the States because we only used it every so often. If we had a baby here now in London, I would spend more money on a buggy mm-hmm. and a stroller because we would use it almost every single day. Yeah. And we would need it to be lightweight because it's going up and down stairs and on buses and tube and stuff like that. And so like, think about your life circumstance mm-hmm. and then realize, do I need this thing or not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, there's so much and you can end up having so much stuff that then it's overwhelming because you have a lot of stuff and you don't have space for it. And then you feel like you have all this stuff and what am I supposed to do with it and that kind of thing. Let people buy you some things as gifts too. Like hopefully, you know, some you can say to somebody like, these are the things we haven't gotten yet and I would love to have. And that kind of thing may happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, in, in the States, a baby shower is often a common thing. Um, and so think about the things that really, or that have multi-functions. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's always funny because people get you these like, I think it more tends to end up being like novelty things yeah. for your kids or for the situation that people are like, oh, that's just funny to buy. Like, I'll get that. Like, I can think of somebody bought us these, like, little teepees. PTPs. They're called PTPs that when you change a boy, a boy, you know, to put this over the area. So, you know, they a lot of times, out. yeah, a lot of times when you're changing, if air hits that thing, man, it's, they start peeing. <laughs> and they're called these PTPs. And, man, we somebody bought us a pack of them. We have two sets of them. them. And we tried them and it just would fly off. Like it wouldn't even stay on and we just needed a washcloth. It wasn't a big deal. You know, like little things like that that you're like, seriously, like. Didn't. But, but it's a cute gift to buy. It's a funny it. gift, but at the same time, it's not practical whatsoever. Yeah. And it's okay to not hold on to things. Don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Like you have to hold on to things. We had, you know, there were some outfits that people made for us that were absolutely precious, but they were not practical for the kids to mm-hmm. wear. And we took pictures of them in it and, and sent it to them and said, thank you so much. But like they, the kid, I mean, like uh, Jude's like skin was super sensitive. And so some of that stuff, it was adorable, but he couldn't wear it. It would make his skin break out yeah. and stuff. And so there are just different things that like, it, it's hard sometimes when you're being given things. But also mm-hmm. again, that is where some of them comparing to other people and what they have, think of what is right for your family. Mm-hmm. What are the things in your, in your space that you're living? <clears throat> what are your circumstances? All that. Think of those things. And of you can find list after list after list of things that you have to have that are the best things to have for your baby. And they're each going to say something different. Mm-hmm. And they're each probably going to feature the most expensive thing. Um, and and that is where, you know, like we bathed our, once they could sit up a little bit, our kids love taking their baths in the kitchen sink. They adored it. And so like even things like that, that they just, yeah. there was something about it because there was a window usually nearby or things like that. They absolutely loved it. Even when we moved here, Veda mm-hmm. was two and she still always wanted, she would like ask, like she want to get her feet wet That's in the right. kitchen sink and that. she could still fit in it because she was tiny. Um, so there are even funny things like that, that sometimes you can look back at what, what generations before you did and realize, oh, Maybe that thing's not important. Now, there are some things that are more advanced now that I would have loved to have some of the monitors that they have now and stuff mm-hmm. like that versus what we have when we could hear creepily hear other people's babies that's through our true. monitor, like our neighbor's baby sometimes. We're like, that's not our baby's cry. And you'd hear another man's voice and it was monitors picking up each other. I yeah. mean, ugh. 
but I think that's much advanced now. I even think like we had like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking something different, but I felt like for like two of our kids, they loved like one of those swings, but then one of them didn't and then yeah. we just used the bouncer and it was fine. Yep, like, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah so and like, again, if funny. we lived in London, we would have never had one of those swings. It would have taken way too much space. Yeah. But we had space for it in our, in our house and the way that our house was laid out and stuff like that. Our house wasn't really that big, but it just was laid out differently. So all that to say, like, you want to make sure with things <laughs> that you're getting obviously are safe um, and that kind of thing. There's plenty of things you can get used and it's not that big of a deal to have it used. There are other things you want to do your research if it's used. Um, but do not feel the pressure to have all the latest and greatest gadgets because so many of it you'll realize why do we have this because we're not even using it. I, there mm -hmm. were lots of things we got rid of after we had Zane that we said we're not keeping this because we never used it. Yeah. Or he went in it once um, and it was not helpful or those kind of things um, and that is okay. So let's do a quick review. Yep. <laughs> the five things we wish we knew as new parents. Number one was that Yes, you're going to have a little sleep. It's for a short season and that... You'll, you'll make it. You'll, you will survive. You I will promise you will survive. It will be very hard though. And Don't it's be, only for a certain amount of and time. And it's for a certain amount of time. Yep. It will be hard, but you can do it. I promise you can do it. Um, number two is thinking about putting your, your baby on a schedule and doing some research in that. Um, number three is it's okay to ask for help. In fact, for sure, ask for help. Um, ask for help in the areas that you don't like doing things either. That's mm. all right. You can ask for help in that. Number four is that every child is different. And so certain things are going to work for some kids that won't work for others, as well as the milestone things and marker yeah, moments comparison. are going to be different for every kid too. Yeah. And number five is you don't need all the fancy gadgets. You don't mm. need all of the baby store. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You don't need all of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is our quick five of what we wish we knew as new parents. Um, please do ask us questions of anything. Again, we are not experts and we're not baby experts or any of those things. This is just what worked for us and for our family. And we pretty much use these things for all three kids. Um, mm -hmm. And they were very helpful for us. And we hope that it's helpful for you as you step into new parenting. It is the most challenging part of, well, I shouldn't say, each stage of parenting has its own challenges. Mm. I think the hard thing, especially when you're a brand new parent with a first child, um, however that child has come to you, it's that um, everything is very new. <laughs> everything is so new, yeah. you question everything, you really are hard on yourself often and stuff like that. And so because of that, it is one of the most challenging seasons of parenting and you have so little sleep. Um, Yep. It's challenging, but there are so many beautiful things in it. And right on that season, gosh, when they start smiling, like, and all these different things, yep. uh, it's wonderful. And so just know that welcome to parenting. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. It is challenging, but it's filled with beauty as well. And we just want to give you that encouragement. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this was helpful and we will talk to you next time. See ya. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Laurent Collective Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review, which helps others find our podcast. Continue the conversation with us over on Instagram at Laurent Collective. We look forward to going deeper than just surface talk with you again next week.